it is critical for us as the end time approaches that we have faith to pray and do the Word of God, that we have faith to take a scripture and meditate on it day and night until we're able to do it, that we really understand following God this way, that we have faith to commit all of our troubles and concerns to God in prayer. We have a wonderful promise in Philippians chapter 4. Verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Sometimes we get little shocks in life which really test us and give us an opportunity to pray and be settled by God. A couple of days ago, my cat came to me and she was making a very strange sound. And all of a sudden she dropped a dead mouse at my feet. I was so shocked. I took a paper towel and disposed of the poor little mouse but in a few moments the cat was over there behind the sound equipment in my room jumping from one place to another and I knew there was another mouse I was so frightened I wear a little necklace that you can push a button and the bell will ring in Pam's bedroom and in the kitchen area so if I need help, I can push that button and Pam will come. She came to the room and I told her what had happened. And she said, let me get my shoes on. And I said, great, I would too. Well, I haven't taken my shoes off since it happened. I mean, I take them off at night to go to bed, but I, I haven't taken them off while I'm sitting around because we, we couldn't get the mouse. Uh, my cat chased it all morning. It would be in one place and then I'd see her jump to the other. But I first panicked out of fear and left the room. But I have been keeping scriptures on my Kindle in the photograph album section. I just make screen prints of the scripture that I'm wanting to focus on, make a screen print directly from the Bible. And it comes up in my photo album as a page from the Bible. So I can kind of push my finger left to right and move from scripture to scripture, page to page. And I was waiting for Pam to check out the room and come back and tell me what was going on. I was in the living room. And I came across the scripture, Philippians 4, 6 and 7, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Let your specific request in the matter be made known to God. I had prayed instantly, I'm sure, when I saw the, that there was another mouse in the room. And I prayed for Pam when she came in that she would be all right. 
but I hadn't been specific with God. I was in the other room frightened. How am I going to go back to my bedroom? Well, I started praying specific things. God, please help me. Please help Pam. Please don't let the mouse bite us. Please don't let these things happen to us. I even, frankly, hoped the mouse wouldn't be killed as the other mouse had been killed. But I don't know that I prayed that, but I definitely hoped it. Well, Pam was unable to get the mouse, and my cat did not catch the mouse, uh, so the mouse was still living. But the fear left me after I prayed. And I had a great peace that I could go back in the room and continue working there. I even went back to bed and slept another hour. That much relaxed after prayer. Well, that's exactly what we are told in Philippians 4. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And it was a peace that came upon me, and the fear left. So why wouldn't we remember to pray? I know sometimes I forget to pray. Why wouldn't we take advantage of this wonderful opportunity in Philippians 4, chapter 6 and 7? Why would we let troubles pile up on us and burdens when we can take them to God one by one, settle them with God, and have all this peace? Why would we live in all of these concerns of this life when we don't have to? It's possible that some of us that we really don't know how God can reach us after we pray. Humans can talk to us, so you can run to a human and you can hear what they have to say. But humans don't often know the answer and usually that human does not know what is coming in the future. So the talk from the human might not help you at all and might even hurt you. Turning to God never hurts you. You're always helped when you turn to God by faith. You're always helped. I encourage myself in believing that God can reach me by remembering that God created the heavens and the earth. Surely God can reach me. I mean, it's so silly to think that our God created the heavens and earth and then to have then to wonder how in the world he can get a message to us. So I'm frequently reviewing that. Also, I find my faith to pray is greatly helped by daily meditating in those scriptures which are given to me by the Holy Spirit. It's a gold mine. Meditating in the Word of God is one of the most exciting things that I know of in this life. The most exciting, I'd say, because when a scripture is called to my attention and I sit down with that scripture and keep it before me day and night, 
and begin to apply it to my life, begin to do the instruction of that scripture. It does absolutely marvelous things in my life. And we're even promised that we will come into, we will prosper and have good success if we do that. That's in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It is also in Psalm chapter 1. If we delight in the Word of God and meditate in the Word of God to do it, we will prosper and have good success in all that we do, wherever we go. Looking back on my life, and I have done this scripture since 1975, since I was born again. It's one of the first things that I saw to do, and I have done it. But looking back in my life, I want to say this. In reviewing the past years of my life, I have prospered and had good success. I have prospered everywhere I've gone. It's incredible. It is totally incredible. But by just following that one scripture, that happens to you. Whichever scripture is brought to your attention by the Holy Spirit, when you're reading the Bible or when you hear a word spoken, such as I'm speaking today, whatever scripture jumps out at you, and you say, that's the answer, and you start doing it, and you start living by it, it becomes a part of you. You are actually recreated in the image of Christ every time you do that scripture. Let's look at some things on the subject of faith. James chapter 1, verse 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. See, some people think all you do is say, Jesus is Lord, you're saved by the blood of Christ, and you don't do anything else, and no matter what you do, it's fine. Some churches preach that. They preach that God wants you to be happy. Go out and marry the divorced woman. It doesn't matter that the Bible says you'll commit adultery if you do that. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. God wants you to be happy. That is not true. I mean, it may be true that God wants you to be happy, but he wants you to prosper and be happy by your soul follow, following the word of God. Those people who preach that doctrine are wrong. And their followers are going to be in for terrible consequences. So I hope you're not in that type of situation where you are hearing false doctrines such as that. For the Word of God is engrafted into us as we meditate on it. And we are changed from within as we are meditating on the Word of God. And we receive with meekness the engrafted Word which is able to save our souls. Our souls our very life depends on hearing the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, doing the Word of God at that point in time. Often I will be given a word to present to another person because I'm a, a prophet and that's what prophets do. 
and I carry that word as quickly as possible to the other person, for I know their very life depends on that word. So I don't want to wait to get it to them. I get it to them quickly. But shockingly, often the other person does not know that. And they'll say something to me like, oh, okay, I'll do that sometime. Or thank you for the word, and I know they're not going to do it. And sometimes they say, no, we have our own doctrine at our church when I've delivered a scripture to them. And they won't do it. The word of God is like a blood transfusion. It's like getting a blood transfusion. It gives you life when you correctly use it and apply it. And another very serious mistake is when we take that word and fail to meditate on it day and night and let just hear it one time and go on about whatever you're doing. That's a very serious mistake. Because if we fail to take that word and keep it before us day and night, making appropriate adjustments to that word, the word often profits us nothing for it did not take root inside us to cause us to have the strength to bloom. Meditating on the word of God day and night. And sometimes I will have a word from God that it takes me a week or two weeks, every day, morning and evening of looking at that word, thinking about what it says, in order to get it in me, not only where I can quote it without even looking at it because I'm living it but also do it other times I'll be given a word and in a time or two I can do it do the word in a day or two but it usually takes me multiple days of meditating on that word that I have received in order for it to get inside me to enable me to have the strength to actually do what it says to do. One of the things I'm meditating on right now is a scripture in Titus chapter 3. It says, After the first and second admonition, reject them. Don't keep trying to give them the word of God when they show you they won't follow it. I have a very bad tendency toward trying to make them understand, continuing to try to help them, giving them more of the Word of God when they won't even do the first word. I'm learning to walk away. After the first and second admonition, reject. And another word that was given to me recently is Matthew chapter 11, verse 15. Jesus says, Let him who hath ears to hear, hear. So don't just keep trying to help them. Walk away from them when you see that. For example, there is a woman that is Catholic. I've never heard her say she's Christian, but she says she's Catholic. Anyway, she was a friend of mine at one point in time several years ago. I went down to Barnes & Noble to see if the Catholic Bible says, call no man father. 
as the regular King James Version says. I was rather surprised to find that the same scripture in Matthew chapter 24 verse 9 in the Catholic Bible is the same as the King James Bible, call no man father. I couldn't believe they would have put that in the Catholic Bible since they teach their people to call their priest father. I contacted this woman. She was in uh, Phoenix at the time. I contacted her by email and told her this scripture. I didn't hear anything from her for about three weeks, and then I heard from her, and she said, thank you for the message. But she kept going to the Catholic Church calling those men Father. She didn't receive the message. Eventually, I did walk away from her. I did have a dream about her. After... Uh, at one point, and the dream was there was a viaduct over a railroad track. I saw this woman on in the middle of that viaduct up at the top of the railroad track. I saw her, and she saw me, but she tried to ignore me. In a minute, she was going down the other side of the viaduct, and she fell to the ground and was flat on her back. I went over to see how she was. I didn't know if she was dead or alive, but I went over to see how she was doing. And in the background, there was a Catholic church on fire. Flames were shooting out of each of the windows and out of the roof. A fireman with one hose was squirting water on the flame. And I knew there was no way he could save that church. And that was a Catholic church. I don't know the outcome of the woman, but I do know that she was unconscious flat on her back by the time I reached her body. I don't know if she was dead or alive in the dream. These things of God are to me life and death. So if I have a message, I deliver it quickly because I don't want to take any chance with a message from God. James uh, chapter 1 verse 22 But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. When I go to bed at night I like to bring up my photo album where I have all those scriptures and just check myself to see if I've actually done those scriptures that day. Just another check another safeguard I really work at doing the word of God do you you should be Hebrews 5 verse 11 many are dull of hearing it says in verse 11 for at the time when ye ought to be teachers Ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. 
my cousin's 97 years old, if she's still living, and she's been in the Church of Christ all her life. But she doesn't do the specific scriptures. She says she's a Christian. She's baptized in water. I'm sure she has no doubt that she's a Christian, but she doesn't do scripture. She contacted me by letter, and in her letter she said, I do very well in the day, but I get so lonely in the evening. Her husband died 10 years ago. And she always tells me Charles died 10 years ago. I told her, I said, oh, Jean, if you, when you start to get lonely in the evening, just cry out to God and say, please help me. Please don't let this happen to me. And he will. And I gave her Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. I had a letter from her a few weeks after that, and she said, I do very well in the day, but I get so lonely at night. I walked away from her. After the first and second admonition, reject them. When they show you they won't do the word of God, don't give them more of the word of God. We think, oh, well, I'll give them this scripture. Maybe that'll help them. I'll give them that scripture. Maybe that will help them. Not only do we wear ourselves out, but our mind constantly is thinking of them. And we can't really hear from God because we're so consumed with our thoughts about them, about those who won't do the Word of God. So learn to walk away. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, if we fail to appropriately apply Scripture to our own life, Verse 29, For he that eateth and drinketh the scriptures unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you. Many of the church are weak and sickly because they don't properly apply the word of God to their own lives. And many die because they don't properly apply the word of God to their own lives. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, die. For if we would judge ourselves by the scriptures, we would not be judged. If we would judge ourselves by the word of God and conform to the scriptures, scripture by scripture and do it we don't we wouldn't be judged but many people all they do is say Jesus is Lord and do nothing else that once saved always saved doctrine and yet in Revelation Jesus warns them if you don't you if you don't return to your first love one of those churches he warned if you don't return to your first love your name will be blotted out of the book of life so you see, these doctrines in the churches are often wrong. They don't go by Bible. They go by what seems reasonable to humans. And they set up their doctrine that way. Well, we can't do that. And you have to go by Scripture. 
You have to adjust to the scripture. That's the way we're saved. You believe the scripture and say, I agree, and do it. And we're recreated and saved constantly. We are saved by the engrafted word over and over and over through our entire life. As long as we live on this present earth, we are being saved and being recreated into the image of God by doing the scripture brought to our attention by God. We meditate in the word of God so we will have the strength to actually do that scripture and remember to do the scripture. Jesus says concerning the last day, because iniquity will abound, there'll be an, a, a real increase of iniquity in the last days before he returns for the church. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. I think in part that at least is the love of many for the word of God will wax cold because of the iniquity in their lives that's around them. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. We endure by hearing the word of God, meditating on the word of God, and doing the word of God daily, daily. James chapter 1, verse 25. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The scriptures do not put us in bondage. We are freed from sin by the scriptures. God showed me some time ago, the world wants freedom to sin, but we want freedom from sin. A young man had told his mother, oh, the Bible is so legalistic, and I was so grieved by what she told me he said. I turned to God with my grief, and he gave me a scripture, which is in Matthew Chapter 7, I believe, verse 13. Let's look at that. Jesus says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. These scriptures are life to us who will do them. It's not as this young man thought. The Bible is so legalistic. The Bible frees us from sin. The world wants to go in the way of sin. They want to be able to sin and be approved. We who are of God want freedom from sin. As we do the scriptures, we walk in a way opposite to sin. It's wonderful. It's a liberty. It is the perfect law of liberty. Therefore, James says in James chapter 1, verse 25, But whosoever look into the perfect law of liberty... Look deeply into that verse of Scripture. Meditate on that verse day and night. 
Continue in that verse day and night, doing what it says, applying it to your life. Keep doing it. Whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. That's what God has taught me to live by. And that's what I've been living by for the past 50 years since I've been a Christian. James chapter 2, verse 18. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. When you have faith, there's a byproduct. When you believe God, there's a byproduct. If someone rushed into your house and said, there's a fire in your living room. There's a fire, a fire. I see a fire. If you believed him, you'd jump up and do something. If you believe God in these scriptures, you will act upon them. Therefore, the works show that we believe God. Verse 19, Thou believest that there is one God, and thou doest well. The devils also believe that and tremble. So how are you better than the devils if you're not going to meditate in the Word of God and follow it? You're not going to get there by just saying, I believe Jesus is Lord. I had a Messianic Jew who said that to us this past few months. She's a realtor, and we were had a house to sell in Texas. And she, she came to us, and she identified herself as a Christian, that she believed in Jesus. And then she told us how she had met, she's a divorced woman, and she had met this new man, and she was so excited. Pam told her, if you get involved with this man and marry him, you will commit adultery. And this Messianic Jew said, oh, I'm a Messianic Jew. We have our own doctrine. They don't go by scriptures. They have their own doctrine. I've seen Church of Christ do this. I've seen other churches do the same thing. We have our own doctrine. I'm going to go by our doctrine. The Apostle John told us there isn't just one Antichrist. There are many Antichrists. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. And he said they're already here in our group. They were with us and they left us and that shows us that they were Antichrist. That's verse 19. So John identifies that there were already many Antichrists. It's not going to be one Antichrist as the churches have taught. It's not going to be Napoleon as they thought in the Russian days of 1800s. Tolstoy writes about that in War and Peace, how the Russians thought Napoleon was the Antichrist. Well, I've heard people think Hitler was the Antichrist. I've heard people think John F. Kennedy was the Antichrist. I've heard people at the church I attended, Word of Faith, thought Henry Kissinger was the Antichrist. There's not one Antichrist, as the churches are teaching. John tells us there are many Antichrists. I told this to a woman one time, and she just looked at me and said, Well, our church teaches there's one Antichrist. I'm just going to go by that. She wouldn't even look at the scripture. She's going by her church doctrine. Jesus said, you give up the commandments of the Lord in order to keep your own tradition. 
They do it in order to keep their own church doctrine, which is not the doctrine of the Bible in many cases. We can't do that. So you think that you can say Jesus is Lord and you're going to be saved without doing anything else? Well, that's not what James says. He says, Thou believest that there is one God? Thou doest well to believe that, but even the devils believe that and tremble. But wilt thou know, O man, O vain man, James says, that faith without works is dead. You can't just say, I have faith in God and walk away. People do that all the time. I hear them say, oh, God will never let that happen to me. Well, how do you know? How do you know he won't? Have you prayed and really heard from God that he won't? Or is that just puffs of air from a church person, churchgoer without faith? Faith has works. So many say to me, I'm a Christian, but there's absolutely no sign that they are following Scripture, following the Spirit of God, doing those things. They just say they're a Christian. They show no love of the Word of God. Well, John the Baptist was really upset over this. The people came to be baptized of him, and in Luke chapter 3, Let's look at what John says to them. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance. Watch what they do. Is that woman I told um, on that subject of call no man father, what's she doing after she heard it? Well, she went right back to the Catholic Church and called that guy father. John the Baptist says, bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. If you've repented on that subject, bring forth fruits worthy of it. Well, she wouldn't be doing it if she believed the Scripture. If she honored the Scripture and if Scripture meant anything to her, she wouldn't be doing that today. John the Baptist says, and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. That's what they do today. I'm a Christian, but they don't follow God. They don't follow scriptures. They don't follow the Holy Spirit. There's no real evidence in their life that they do the word of God or they will do the word of God. There's just no evidence. And John says, and also now is the axe laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. In the day of judgment, you are not going to be justified by the blood of Jesus if you cast aside Scripture, for the Word of God, Scripture, is Jesus. How do you think you can say Jesus is Lord, the blood of Jesus saves me and throw the word of God away? You can't. It's absolute foolishness. It's a strong delusion that you would believe a lie. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 
It says, for those who would not receive the love of the truth, God will bring them strong delusion that they would believe a lie. I had a friend who was deeply in the faith movement, as I was at one time, and she, uh, her name was Lily, and she, she was really, really going a strange way. And I said to her one day, Lily, I want you to take the Bible and read aloud a scripture for me. And she said, okay. I said, I want you to read Second Thessalonians chapter 2, I believe it's verse 12. And she started reading it and she said, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved, God will bring them strong delusion. You see, she was, lear she was learning in the church she attended that all good is from God, all bad is from the devil. God will never bring bad. So if it seems bad to you, God won't be behind it. They threw out the entire judgment seat of Christ with that doctrine. And she couldn't believe it was in the Bible that God would bring strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, it says, in the Bible, that they all might be damned. God would bring the strong delusion because they took pleasure in unrighteousness and didn't take pleasure in the scriptures. It's these scriptures, these doctrines are really mixed up out there. Many of them are wrong. And many preachers are not even of God. We read that in uh, the book of Jude. It says some are, or uh, many, they're ordained for this. They're ordained for this deception. In the last days, there's going to be many of them come. Well, watch and pray over all things of this life, Jesus says, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That's in Luke 21, 36. We make ourselves ready to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Also, we have great hope that God, that Jesus will take us off the earth before the great tribulation. But if we have our hope because we are diligently trying to follow daily scriptures given to us by the Holy Spirit, we are diligently trying to do what Peter said, and that is keep yourself in peace without spot and blameless. That is 2 Peter 3.14. We're trying to do that. The countless millions of churchgoers are not trying to do that. They're not even hearing this doctrine. They're hearing another doctrine. It's going to be incredibly bad. We who know these, we're really trying to follow it. We're trying to follow God day by day, keeping the scriptures before us, doing them, praying over everything, to keep ourselves in peace, praying to God, not talking to humans, praying to God. A one, a one young man visited me one time. He was a, uh, attending some church and identified himself as a Christian. And he was talking about, he said first, oh, it's so nice to meet a godly woman, meaning me. And then he said, 
and it must be good for you also to be sitting with me because you can tell your troubles to me. And I said, well, I don't tell my troubles to humans. And he said, you don't? And I said, no. And he said, well, who do you tell them to? And I said, I tell them to God. And he said, oh. You see, I might tell you a trouble, but you aren't God. You don't know future. You don't know my past. You don't know what I need. I don't do that. I don't want to. Not only that, it burdens you. When you store up a bunch of trouble and tell it to another person, you burden them. We're supposed to cast our cares on God, for he careth for us. Not only does he have the power and ability, but he is God. You aren't God. I'm not God. I don't tell you to send me your prayer request. You pray. If you're praying according to the will of God, God will hear you and answer you. That is First um, John chapter 5. So just check yourself and feel if you're really play, praying according to the will of God and read that scripture and build yourself up to the point that you can believe that God hears you and will answer you. James chapter 2 Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? He was going to kill Isaac. The angel stopped him. But he showed God that he would give up his only begotten son in order to obey the word of God. And we do that by obeying the scriptures. Every time we do a scripture, we're showing the same thing. It means more to us than any human, than anyone, than anything in our lives. That's what we show every time we obey a scripture. So was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by his works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now that which will happen to each of us in the future, there are three possibilities. Which one will happen to you? Either you will die before Jesus returns, or you will be removed from this earth by being taken into the air to meet Jesus in the air, or you will be left on this earth to go through the Great Tribulation. I don't want to go through the Great Tribulation I've read about it. I think about it. Almost every time Pam and I leave our house to go pick up food, I look at the mountains. We live in Colorado Springs, and I look at the Rocky Mountains, 
which are a great joy for me to see, knowing they're created by God. But I also know the scripture in Revelation, which tells us the time will come when the mountains are gone. And I say to the mountains, oh, I'm glad to see you still here. Because that tells me the great tribulation hasn't started yet. But the time is going to come when Jesus returns and the great tribulation comes to judge the earth and to judge that all the people that are not following the word of God. And that includes the church people who are not following the word of God. And that great tribulation, you can read about it in Revelation, starting at verse chapter 8 and going through chapter 16. You don't want to be here for that, for sure. So there are just three things that can happen to you. You can die. You can be taken off the earth by Jesus when he returns for those who are following the word of God. Or you can be left here for the great tribulation. Matthew 24, Jesus says, verse 21, For then there shall be great tribulation, such as was not seen since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. It's the worst thing that's ever come upon the earth. Jesus said, And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. This tells me some of the elect of God will be on the earth for the great tribulation. There's another scripture which is similar, which shows me the elect of God, some of them, will be on the earth for the great tribulation. I do not want to be among them. I've read about the great tribulation. I'm really certain that those Christians who are alive on this earth but fail to live by specific scripture and fail to keep themselves through prayer in peace without spot and blameless will be left to go through the great tribulation. So learn to pray over everything and pay attention to any scripture that God brings to your mind and keep it before you day and night for a season that you can do that scripture. Following that instruction constantly and continuing to do that scripture. Our lives depend on our doing this. This is Joan Boney speaking. The scriptures that I have spoken to you today, you can see them in writing on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Look on the right-hand side of the homepage, podcast, click on it. It will bring up these recordings. You can see all the scriptures written out for you, so you can think on them. Again, our blog name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. I appreciate having the opportunity to share these things with the church today. Thank you.